real with Jerry Lawrence. We still celebrating Black History Month over here. We're gonna let this one ride out. Let's go. Goody mob, inshallah, which means God willing. Welcome to the show. This is episode 41. I said this is episode 41. I want to start this episode off by saying happy birthday to my beloved mother, Mary Lawrence. Give a round of applause for her. Today is her actual birthday, so I would say I dedicate this episode to her, but it's probably going to have too much curse words in it for her. So still, you know, happy birthday to her. Um, Fun fact, she has the same exact birthday as Ric Flair. I'm talking about the date, the year, everything. So that's pretty cool. And then when I think about, like, how Ric Flair is, I can see kind of how my mom has a little bit of Ric Flair in her. Just she's a very uh, eccentric, I guess, person. She's definitely not ashamed to tell you how she feels. Uh, she's a very loving person, somebody that you will you will love. You know, it's just easy to like. I feel like I have some of her qualities. I might be funnier, but uh, she's a great person. Happy birthday to her. We celebrated it yesterday, so I'm actually able to record today. Uh, I took her out to eat at a seafood restaurant called High Tide Harry's. It was in Orlando. If you're familiar with Orlando, it's off Cimarron near, I think, Gatlin. I had never been to this place before, but it was actually a pretty cool spot. Um, They have, like, all the seafood stuff, you know, the boil, crab legs, 
pasta, all the basics you would get at a seafood restaurant. But it was actually really good. Like, it tasted really good. Much better than, like, a Joe's Crab Shack, which I'm not a fan of. I think that place is overrated. But this High Tide Harry's, which I had never been to before, was actually a really good place. And I'm going to go back. Who knows? Maybe I'll even go back on my birthday. Maybe I'll get my mom to take me on my birthday because, let me tell you, it's not cheap. I mean, seafood in general is not going to be cheap, which I don't understand why when people get upset at the prices at a seafood restaurant, like, when have you ever known good seafood to be cheap? It's not. Like, you're going to drop at least 40 a person, maybe 30 to 40 a person if you go to a solid seafood restaurant. So I had to do that for my mom. Took her out to eat. I know she enjoyed it. They even came out. They did a little happy birthday thing um, where they, you know, they sing to you. She got a free dessert out of it. I think key lime pie. So it was a good night. It was a good night. Enjoyed it. And I'm off today. I'm home resting. She went out with, uh, I guess, some of her, like, her work people or those like some retirement group where she retired from. They took her out to eat today. And they went to Fleming's, which is, that's even a step above what High Tide Harry's was. So, hey, I let them get that bill. But, yeah, she's enjoying her birthday today. We celebrated yesterday, and I'm enjoying a day off. I'm calling this a load management day because I spent pretty much the day at home chilling. Woke up around 10. Shout out to the guy who cuts my grass, Jerry. I don't know what time he came by here, but he woke me up because I could hear him like at the door. He didn't knock or anything, but I messed up. I told him yesterday that I was going to leave him the, the check for um, that I give him for the uh, lawn under the doormat. And when I got home, I forgot to do it. So I went to bed and I hear him this morning, like looking under there and I'm sleeping. So I'm like, hey, Jerry, I don't know what to tell you, bro, but. You got to get that money later. I'm not waking up to go outside and write a check. I ended up dropping it off at his house later, but that woke me up. A few things woke me up last night. I woke up like five different times in the night. I had like nightmares. I had dreams and nightmares. I'll shout to Meek Mill. It was a lot of that going on. But yeah, man, it was wild. Like, I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. But woke up, got my day started, laid in bed for like an hour or two watching random things on YouTube. I actually watched some random like Mac Miller videos, like interviews and stuff. And then like some of the sports stuff I like to watch. And then I finally got up, got the day started around two, went out to the basketball court, um, shot around for about an hour. And what I like to do is I like to go out to this basketball court. It's kind of out there in like the country. There's not much out there. There's some football fields in the back, but the court is in the front and it's quiet. Sometimes there'll be some kids out there on the playground. And when I got there, there was a few people out there, but they ended up leaving. So I had the whole court to myself. I had the whole park to myself. And what I like to do is I like to play either music or a podcast. And I just, I like to let that play while I shoot. And it's kind of relaxing for me. I don't know how other people would view it, but for me, it's a very relaxing thing to do. Something I enjoy doing on my days off when I have the time. And I hadn't done it lately. I think I've only been out to that basketball court probably two times this whole year. So definitely something I'm trying to get back to doing something. I'm trying to get more comfortable doing again in more of a groove, because like you said, like I said before, I'm going on a lot of dates and I haven't had a lot of time to myself. So today was a load management day. Like I said, I'm Kawhi Leonard. Some days I'm going to need time to myself. This was one of those days where I had already spent yesterday. I had a date in the morning and I took my mom out. So it was a busy day. I was up since like 
8, 8.30. I took a little nap, but it was just, it was a very busy day. I was tired. I went to bed pretty early last night for my standards, which is probably like 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. So slept from about 1 to 10, 9 hours of sleep. And then when I woke up today, like I said, I didn't really do much. It was one of those days where I'm not going to be on the phone much. Very light texting. I texted a little bit in the group chat. Some random people I've texted, but it wasn't like all day on my phone where I, most days I'm just on it way too much. I actually turned down a date that I was supposed to have today. Somebody had asked me to go somewhere yesterday. It was like kind of last minute. And normally I probably would have said yes. I would have did it. I would have obliged. But I knew I needed this day to myself after like what the last week was. So I had to say no. Um, hopefully she understood. But yeah, man, just with the whole dating thing. I probably got to fall back from just trying to go on so many dates. I need more time at home, more time to do things that bring me peace, bring me joy. And today was one of those days where it was just all about doing things that made me happy. So I'm even doing a podcast tonight, which let me tell you, man, when you're, when you're in chill mode, it's kind of hard to get up here and talk and do a pod, but I owe it to you guys. Like I said, I was trying to get to 52. I'm not going to lie to you. I probably am not going to make it to 52 episodes by that date. I wanted to on March 30th, but I'm going to still, you know, I'm going to go out swinging. I'm going to come over here and do my best. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk. I'm going to give y'all at least an episode a week, maybe two. I was going to try to do two today. Uh, Zane wasn't available, so I couldn't do one with him. And then I'm I'm very busy the next few days, so it's, it's going to be tough. I got invited to Top Golf tomorrow by Sherwin. Probably go do that. I gotta help Helen move on Sunday before work, of course. So I'll do that. That's gonna be a rough one because I'm about to wake up super early, help Helen move, then go to work, work till 10:30, then come home. But I'll probably go to bed early that night. And I'm supposed to meet Kayla for coffee on Monday before work. Which, if you know me and Kayla, it's just more of a catching up thing. Love talking to her. We haven't seen each other in forever. Haven't talked in forever. So. Probably just catch up on things in our lives. It'll be fun, too, because there's going to be a lot of the stuff that I can't really say on the podcast. So when I talk to Kayla, like, we just, we shoot. We shoot from the hip. Like, it's a lot of stuff that I can't say on here, but it's I can be as honest as I want to be. So that, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, that's pretty much my weekend. So as you can see, I needed this day to kind of rela- relax, uh, rest, recharge, and get ready for the next few days coming up. And I think next week on my days off, I might shut it down. I might stay home both of those days. Right now, I don't have anything on the schedule. Actually, I think Mark and James want to hang out. I might see James one more time before he leaves, but definitely another day at home. I will have another load management day next week for those who care. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't know if people really care about my life like that, but I like talking about it. Because you know what's funny? Like during the day, In my head, I'm saying, like, in my head, all the stuff that I'm going to say on the show. And then when I get on the show, I never say, like, half of the stuff that I'm saying in my head throughout the day. So, I don't know. I feel like y'all might not get my best stuff on this show. Because during the day when I'm thinking of everything, I feel like I got some fire takes. And then I get on here, and it's not always fire. But with that being said, I'm going to get to some topics this week. Because last week was just a rant. I wasn't in the best mood. Work was stressful. Speaking of work, I did find out something very interesting this week. I actually get 10 days of vacation time once I make it to a year. I didn't know that. I I knew it was a possibility, but 
there's some things that we're not sure about, like with the contracts. I didn't know if I was going to get it, but it sounds like the contract will still be going on when I, my year comes up. So I get 10 days of vacation on top of what I already accrued. And I think I'm at like 55 hours right now. So that's over three weeks of vacation time I'm going to have after a year. And let me tell you, I'm taking a vacation somewhere. I don't know where I'm going yet, but I am going somewhere. Maybe I got to go somewhere with a beach. I'm not sure if I want to go with somebody or go alone, but I got to go somewhere. I got to get my mind right. I got to take some time to myself. So I'm already starting to think a little bit about what I want to do. Still not sure if I want to like bring a female companion. I did invite Dominique. Shout out to Dominique. I remember me and Mrs. Jones. I remember me and Mrs. Jones. But Dominique is just like my friend. Like, that's not really me bringing like a bay. You know, that's not a vacation. That's still a vacation. So I invited Dominique. I invited um our friend Teresa, too, who's married. So she probably won't come. But I thought he invite out there. Uh, those are the only two I've really invited so far. I don't know if I want a big trip or just like something low key. But I know Dominique's always down to go somewhere or do something. So I definitely extended the invite to her and she said she's down. So right now it looks like, you know, I might, I might dip out somewhere. Maybe, maybe in Florida, maybe Georgia, South Carolina. I don't know. I don't know where I want to go. I do know I want to go somewhere within driving distance. I'm not getting on a plane yet. I don't, I don't feel like I can wear a mask for a whole flight. I don't know how y'all do it. Fam, I can barely even wear the mask for like 15, 20 minutes. I don't know how I'm wearing a mask for two hours, but yeah, I think, you know what? I got a hot take on the mask too while I'm at it. I feel like the mask has hurt my breathing a bit. I don't, I feel like I don't breathe as good as I used to. And I think it's because of the mask. If you guys want to refute it, let me know. But I feel like the mask has, I feel like the mask has hurt my breathing a little bit. If you guys feel the same way, please let me know too. But I don't know. I mean, I know the nurses wear the mask all day at the hospital and doctors always wear the mask. So I wonder, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to ask Dominique, like, if the mask has hurt her, her breathing or affected her breathing. But I don't know. I feel like ever since I've started wearing a mask, I don't feel like I breathe the same. I feel like it's not as, not as easy. But it could be allergies. I don't know. I could be dealing with something else. But I don't know. I just, yeah. Mike, hit, up, hit me up too. Mike, let me know if you're with me on this one. Because you told me I was wilding on some of the other stuff I said. So let me know if you're with me on this one. I feel like the mask has affected some things in my breathing. All right, you let me know if you agree or not. But with that being said, let's get to some topics. These are topics I wanted to talk about a while ago. But I'm going to just run through some of them. Um, Joe Biden, which is another funny thing. I'm, I'm going to get to him naming uh, this woman, Rachel Levine as his assistant health secretary and she's transgender. But I also want to say this. Have y'all noticed like ever since Joe Biden has won the presidency, it's still Donald Trump that they talk about in the news. Like you wouldn't even know Joe Biden's president the way they talk in the news. It's all Donald Trump every day. I know he brings the ratings, but damn man, can, can we act like Biden is the president yet? I don't understand like why every time I watch MSNBC or CNN, all they want to talk about is Donald Trump still. Fam, he's not in, he's not even in office anymore. Like, he got acquitted of the impeachment, which I feel like was stupid on your behalf. Like, everybody who tried to impeach him, I get what you were trying to do, but it was a waste of time. You knew the Republicans weren't going for it. He got acquitted. I'm not surprised. I'm not mad. 
I really don't think he's going to try to run again in four years as much as everybody says he is, as much as he says he is. I don't see it. I don't see him having four years off of this freedom from all the stresses that being a president and then wanting to do it again. I don't see him doing it. I don't see him wanting to do it. I know if he would have gotten impeached again, he wouldn't have been able to do it. I just, I think he's capping. I think it's cap, cap, cap when he says he's running again. So I'm not mad about him being acquitted. I don't think you guys should be mad anyway. I don't think it affects anything. He's out of office. People swore he was going to get arrested too. That was the wild rumor I kept hearing. Like everybody said the minute he leaves the white house, he was going to get arrested for like all this stuff he was doing illegally. He hasn't been arrested. Nobody on Epstein's flight log has been arrested. Like all these conspiracies and stuff people were talking about have not happened. And I feel like, the left side has been just as bad as the right when it came to some of these conspiracies because all this stuff y'all predicted, none of it happened. None of it. And he was acquitted. But with that being said, let's get back to what I was saying. Joe Biden named Rachel Levine his secretary of assistant health secretary. And, you know, of course, since she's transgender, everybody's mad. Everybody has something to say. I don't, it's probably not a big news story anymore, but it's still on my list. So I just wanted to give my quick opinion on it. As I've said before in the past, I don't have a problem with anybody who's transgender. I don't think this affects anybody. I don't see why it's an issue. Now, the whole transgender thing, we can debate at another time. But this, I don't see a problem with it. I think, and and I want to say this too, because I feel like this is what people don't understand about being transgender. That I feel like I've started to realize later in life. And this is the best way I can put it. Imagine you are born the sex you were born. So if you're if you're a man now, imagine you were born a boy. Or if you're a woman, imagine you were born a girl. And while you're born at an early age, well, after you're born at an early age, you realize as a boy or a girl that you feel like, actually, actually, hold on, hold on. Let me rewind this. Let me rewind this because I didn't do it right. Imagine you have your personality that you have right now. So if you're a man, you have the man personality. If you're a woman, you have a woman's personality. Imagine you think the way you think right now. You feel like you're what your sex is, what your gender is. All right. Now imagine being born as the opposite sex. Imagine being, if you're me or if you're a man, imagine being born a girl, but you still think like you think right now. So you still feel like a boy when you're younger, right? But you're a girl. You're in a girl's body and everybody's telling you you're supposed to be a girl and you got to do things that a girl does. So imagine that. Just imagine the way you think now, but you were in the opposite in a, a body of opposite sex, but you still think the way you are now. It's like one of those Disney movies where you feel like you can't even get out. Like you're trying to switch back into the right body, you know? So I feel like that's kind of what it is to be transgender. And if we all thought about it like that, instead of thinking that science and genetics is always right. And like you're whatever you're born as is what you're supposed to be. It's not like that. Like we know this stuff isn't right. We know it messes up. We see people born stuck together. You know, we see people born without body parts. So we know you can be born not the way you're supposed to. So if you think about it like that, I think it's easier to understand the whole transgender thing and be a little more understanding of what they go through. And I used to be the the type of person who said, you know, I don't care if it doesn't bother me. I don't care about it. You can do what you want. You can be what you want. But I feel like you got to go a step further at this point where it's like, 
And I read this in an article where they said, basically saying you don't care doesn't help them. You're still keeping them kind of back because you're not fighting for them and their rights. So you can't just say, I don't care. It's got to be like, yo, I, I agree with them. It's not right. And you want to kind of set people right when they, when they speak bad about it or speak up for them. Cause as, as long as they have allies, that's how we'll get things to change. And for transgender people to be seen differently and be seen as humans. So, I mean, you don't have to look, you don't have to agree with it. Well, you do, I guess, I don't know. You don't have to say like, I'm attracted to a transgender person. You don't have to say, I want to marry one, but to give them the common level of respect, like the same way you might not agree with your friend who's Republican, but you still give them that level of respect. You know, if you're a Democrat, you can still do that type of stuff with somebody of a different sexuality or who identifies as transgender. I'm probably going to have to edit this up a little bit because I did not, I don't think I was as smooth in my points as I wanted to be, but when I'm done with it, it's going to sound right. (laughs) So moving on, we had the transgender talk. Uh, Donald Trump was, was acquitted. I still have a lot of stuff I want to talk about when it comes to religion and truth. And I'm going to get to that later episode, Chad Wheeler. This was another story I wanted to talk about with the domestic violence thing. It was a former Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman who beat up his girlfriend. I think he, like her arm was put out of the socket, dislocated and black eye and all types of stuff. And at first nobody really talked about it and it took a little bit for it to gain traction. But once it did, I feel like the reaction was what it should have been. But to me, the thing that bothered me most about that story was I felt like there might've been some racial overtones to it. Cause it was a white man with a black girlfriend. And the reason like he even assaulted her and beat her up and then everything was cause she didn't bow to him and honor him and do all this crazy stuff that he was like asking her to do. And when I heard that part, I'm like, Ooh, a white man asking a black woman to bow to him. That kind of made me a little uneasy. I didn't feel like that was discussed enough. I think, the domestic violence, yes, of course, is the top thing, but why was he acting like that? That's what I wanted to hear a little bit more on. But I'm glad he got kicked off the team. His statement was trash. The Seahawks statement was trash. Nobody really even talked about the victim enough, which I felt like she should have been given more. She should have been seen more as a person. And I guess that maybe she didn't want her name out there, so you can't really say the her name, but thought they could have focused on her a little bit more. And I know I'm, I'm one of those who doesn't like to rush to judgment when uh, people are accused of stuff, which I'm going to get into in a minute with the whole T.I. and Tiny thing. But with the Chad Wheeler thing, like when you see the pictures, um, you hear the 911 call, like the girlfriend locked herself in the bathroom. And she, like once he came in there, he saw she was still like awake. He said, oh, I thought you were dead. Like he, he thought he left her for dead and she died. And, it's just some very horrible stuff in there. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't like to rush to judgment, but I think in this one, I definitely believe he did something. I'm sure there'll be more that comes out once it goes to trial, but he deserves his day in court, but he also deserves to be released because he admitted to it. That's the crazy thing. He kind of admitted to all this stuff. So I think that's why I'm not as empathetic with him and I'm not as like, let's 
hear both sides because he admitted to like some of that stuff. So I think it's a different story. Speaking of uh, white people being almost racist, we got a country star named Morgan Whalen who was pretty much racist. This ain't even almost. He got caught on tape. Well, I don't know if I'm gonna call this racist. So let's talk about it. He got caught on tape in Nashville late at night on one of his like neighbor's door cameras or cameras. And he was talking to one of his friends. I still don't know if the friend is white or black. I've heard the friend was white. I heard the friend was black. I don't know, but he was talking to one of his friends and I guess he's like making fun of him. So he calls him a, a pussy ass N word after calling him a pussy ass motherfucker. So he called him pussy ass N word. And yes, I know white people who hear that are probably like, oh my gosh, like why, why would he say that? But in the black community, that is a common term. It's not a term you use of endearment. Like you're definitely not complimenting somebody when you say it. So it sounded like he said it in a joking way. He didn't say it in a racist way. He said it in a joking way. And of course they found out about it. He got canceled. All his music got pulled off the playlist. He's still selling records though. And he's still doing good on YouTube because you know, there are some white people who are like, yes, get it done. Like that's our guy. Like they love it. So they're going to rock with him and try to get him still make him still successful amidst all that. But I want to talk about him saying that, that N word. And it was with the A at the end. It wasn't an ER. That's, that's important to note, but I want to talk about, was it racist or not? I don't think it was racist. I think it was dumb. I think somebody gave him a pass to say that word before. And I know there are black people out there who give white people a pass to say the N word. And y'all got to stop. Y'all got to stop. Whether it's your white friends or random white people, you got to stop telling white people that they can say the N word because this is the best way I can explain the N word to people and saying it. If you're not black, black people, like we say it. I don't personally, I don't say it anymore. I used to, but we'll say it. We'll say it around some people. We'll say it around, you know, we'll respect our elders. We don't really say it around them. But when you when you give a white person the, a pass to say the N-word, bro, they take it and run. They don't know any boundaries. They don't know any limits. They say it around everybody. Like They feel like they can say that word around anybody and everybody. And that's the thing I always warn white people about. I'm like, look, I'm not the N-word police. I'm not here to try to tell you if you can say the word or not. I don't want you to say it around me, but when you're around other people, if somebody's told you to say it, you can say it. I'm not here to police that. But what I will tell you is don't assume you can say that word around any black person. Cause for some reason, white people always think they can say that word. Once they get the past, they feel like they can just say it. Like there's no boundaries. And I feel like that's what gets them in trouble. As we see with Morgan Whalen, he was just recklessly using the word and you know, it happened. I remember having a friend, a black friend who was telling me a story about, how one of his white friends ended up getting punched by one of our black friends at his house because he said the N word the same way this Morgan Whalen said it, like with the A at the end, not in a racist way. And the black guy who punched him was like, gave him a warning. Like, don't say it again. The guy said it again, he got punched. But I say that to say, I told my friend, the first thing I asked him was, did you give the white guy a pass to say the word? And he said, yes. And I said, you're at fault. I don't even blame the white guy because you've gave him the pass. He go, of course, when you tell me to say, he's going to think he can say it. So him getting punched is your fault. You gave him that pass. 
You didn't give him rules with it. You just let him know, think that he can use that word around anybody, and you can't. You can't. So I don't feel bad about Morgan Whalen getting canceled. He did come out, issued an apology. He even told his like fan base, like, hey, don't fight for me on this one. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have said it. I, like I said, I still don't know if he said it to the black guy or a white guy. I don't know. Not that it matters. If he said it to his black friend, I'd be more mad at his black friend. Like, you're letting him say this to you? You're wild. Um, they found out he tweeted, like, Meek Mill lyrics with the N-word years earlier, which is another funny thing because if you look at Morgan Whalen's picture, he does not look like the type of white guy you would expect to be using the N-word. He doesn't look like he grew up in the projects around, like, nothing but black people because I get it. Like, there's situations where white people grow up in areas of nothing but black people and they don't even know anything about white people. Like they don't know how to act around white people. All they know is how to act around black people. So if they're used to hearing that word and they've been accepted and that's what they've been told they can say, I'm not surprised when they do that, but he didn't look like one of those people. He didn't look like one of those. He looked like he had like the mullet haircut, them tight jeans with the boot. Like he looked like one of those country artists who, if, if they said the N-word, it would probably be with the hard ER at the end. I, like I said, I, I, I think he's been punished. I don't want to see the punishment end yet. He definitely needs to learn his lesson. He probably needs to go do some sensitivity training. or He needs to go learn about how you should say things and words you shouldn't be using. And probably he needs to take that word out of his vocabulary. And this is another thing with like white people when they use the N word that I don't understand. White people, y'all, y'all help me out with this. Why is it that when white people use the N word, it never sounds cool? Like you know how we say it, and it just it flows well. It sounds like it sounds cool the way we say it. Whenever they try to imitate us or talk like the way we talk when we say the N word, it never sounds cool. It always sounds forced. It always sounds like they're trying too hard. And I feel like that's reason enough why they should not say the N-word because they're not even smooth in the way they say it. And I, I know white people, I'm sure they think they're being cool when they say it. And I'm sure they think that it sounds great and it sounds cool, but it doesn't. I don't know if I've ever, outside of a white person who probably, like I said, grew up in the projects around black people, and have just said that word their whole life. I don't know many white people who can pull off saying the N word in a manner that it's like, it flows cool. Like it's, it sounds like a black person says it. It never sounds like that. It always sounds awkward when they say it. So I think that's another reason for them never to use that word. And the funny thing is the white people that grow up around nothing but black people that grow up in the projects, they're the ones who usually know when not to say that word. They've had the training of, yo, when I'm around my group that allows me to say it, I can say it. But outside of that, I can't. And they, I salute them for at least knowing that. They at least know when they can and when they can't say it. And I'm not stupid. Look, I'm sure every white person in their life has said the N-word at one point or another, whether it was reciting a song lyric, whether you had the hard ER, whether you had the A at the end, whatever your meaning was, I'm sure every white person has used the N-word at some time. Probably when they drunk, too. I feel like when they drunk is probably when it comes out the most. But Moral of the story, don't use the N-word if you're not black. If somebody gives you a pass to use it, you better know that you probably should 
Only use it around that person who's giving you that pass. Don't assume you can go around anybody saying it because you can't. It's going to end bad for you whether you get punched or whether you're canceled or lose your job. Like, it's just going to end bad. It's probably not worth you even trying unless you really are passionate about why you think you should be saying the N-word. But fall back. That's that's probably the best thing I can say is fall back. Oh, I want to get back to the Gorilla Glue situation, Tessica Brown. I meant to say this last week, and I didn't. I didn't say this part. One of the things that I wanted to talk about with her was I felt like she says something early on, and I felt like went over people's heads. And she basically was saying, you know, have some compassion. The reason, not the reason, but have some compassion. You know, I'm trying to straighten my hair, and it's not always accepted when we wear our hair natural. And I felt like that when she said that. I looked at it a little differently and I was trying to explain this to the people on my job too. Cause I was trying to tell them like, look, black women, a lot of like in history have not been allowed to wear natural hair to work. They've not been allowed to wear the afros, the dreads, the braids they've had to straighten it. So when we ask ourselves why she's doing all this, and I don't know if she did it for this reason, but history has shown us that black women have had to wear their hair a certain way. And that's why they put all these products in their hair that damage their hair. And we're seeing laws now that have started to change it where they're they're letting them wear their hair more naturally. But I don't think non-people of color understand how much damage black women do to their hair to appease them in the work environment. And we've seen laws now that have said that that stuff is illegal. But I thought that was an important fact to bring up because I did not mention that one before. Uh, getting back to my dating life, I'm not going to spend too much time on it this episode. I got my new phone. I still have not switched to it, which means I'm still using my old phone. I still have um, Tinder, BLK, and Bumble on there. I'm not sure if I want to take the apps off yet. I'm still thinking about that. You know what? With the way things have been going, I'm I'm not mad at it. I don't mind taking the apps off. I feel like I might still take them off, but as long as I'm using the old phone, I'm going to keep the apps on. But once I open the new phone and get it started, that's going to be like decision day, doomsday, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to have to figure out what I want to do then. But until then, we're going to keep rocking with the apps. But by next week, I'll probably be uh, moved into the new phone, have everything switched over, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Did y'all hear about Meek Mill? Meek Mill um, got in trouble recently for a Kobe Bryant lyric that he... um, said in an un, an unreleased song. That was the crazy thing. Like the song is not out, but the lyric came out and it was a song with Meek Mill and the baby. And the lyric came out and it caused a lot of uproar, caused a lot of problems. I'm going to see if I can find the, um, the actual lyric. So the song is called don't worry. It's featuring little baby. And the lyric that he says is, this B, I'm fucking always tell me that she loved me, but she ain't never showed me. Yeah, and if I ever lack, I'm going out with my chopper. It be another Kobe. So as you can imagine, that caused a lot of backlash. Meek Mill ended up apologizing, but not before, not before Vanessa Bryant came for him. So Vanessa Bryan on Instagram wrote, Dear Meek Mill, I find this line to be extremely insensitive and disrespectful, period. 
I am not familiar with any of your music, but I believe you can do better than this. If you are a fan, fine. There's a better way to show your admiration for my husband. This lacks respect and tact. So he caught a lot of um, flack for that. And then, of course, me comes back and he says, I apologize to her in private earlier today, not to the public. Nothing I say on my page directed to an Internet viral moment or the family of a grieving woman. Or wait, let me read that again. So he's saying nothing he says on there is directed to a viral moment or the family of a grieving woman. If you care about someone grieving, change the subject. What I'm wondering is, do people think this was wrong or do you think this is part of hip hop? Personally, I grew up in the 90s where anything, it was anything goes in hip hop. If you go back and listen to some of these old hip hop songs, there's some, there's some wild stuff in there. So if we're going by the 90s, he's not wrong, but it's 2021. So in this climate, he's absolutely wrong. And as you can see, you can't tell somebody how to, like you cannot tell somebody how to react to what you say. So once Vanessa Bryant spoke up, Meek had to run it back. He had to come out and do an apology because you can't, at the beginning he was trying to like, he was trying to ride the wave, like trying to ride it like he was, like he wasn't going to apologize. He didn't want to admit he was wrong. You know, Meek, he held on to it for a while, man. He said somebody, this is what he said in the beginning. He said somebody promo a narrative and y'all follow it. Y'all internet annex cannot stop me. Shit like zombie land or something. LOL. Well, Vanessa Bryant stopped him. And I'm not mad at Vanessa Bryant for speaking out. Like personally, I, if you think about like when stuff like that happens, there's still family members that are grieving and going through it. And I've made mistakes in the past. I've spoken on, on things that I didn't realize affected somebody else. And I've walked it back. And you just got to, as an adult, you got to realize when you say something and it's going to hurt somebody, you got to learn to be the man, the bigger man, the bigger person, and just take back what you said, apologize, and learn from it. And hopefully me can do that. But that line definitely was out of pocket. I get what he was doing. I think if he does that line 10 years from now, 20 years from now, it's probably not a big deal. The same way people can reference like 9-11 now, and they don't talk with the same seriousness that they did when 9-11 was going on in 2001. I think as time goes, you can probably get away with some of that. But, bro, it's been a year and you're you're doing Kobe lyrics after a year? He's out of control. So, thought Meek was wrong in that. Also, I thought he him and that 6ix9ine thing was wild, too. I don't know if I spoke on that in the last podcast. But Meek and 6ix9ine, like, he just hadn't had a good week. Him and 6 9 were arguing in a parking garage. 6 9s like antagonizing him. Meek's falling for it. And Takashi 6 9 is wilding right now. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to give it a lot of like, I don't want to give it a lot of attention, but I'm just going to say the way he's moving right now, the way he's acting, this is not going to end well. It's not going to end well. I think we can all see the way it's going to play out, but. I just, I hope he stops. I hope all these rappers can stop dissing each other and talking about people after they pass away because it's just not cool. Me, I would never be comfortable, like, dissing somebody after they die. 
I, I don't think it brings good vibes. I don't think the energy it brings is good. I think you'll be haunted for the rest of your life when you do stuff like that. So I'm never for it. I don't see what you get out of it. And I just hope everybody can grow up. Hip hop is just getting out of control now. Like I said, I grew up in the nineties. There wasn't a lot of rules in hip hop, but I never really, I don't know if you would speak on the dead. Like they do now. Like they're just, they don't care. They don't care about the families of these people. And it's a sad situation. Um, did you see what happened with Tiger Woods this week? Tiger Woods got in a car crash. He fractured like both of his legs. He shattered his ankle. It's a crazy story. I'm sure everybody knows about it by now. His car rolled over. The car looks like in really bad shape in the pictures. It was in California. It's still early. So I don't want to speculate on what happened. Cause I know a lot of people were starting to talk about, well, was he on drugs? Was he on pain relievers? Was he drunk? Cause Tigers had problems with all this stuff in the past. I don't want to speculate too much on what he was on. I do want to talk about like, can he be successful again? Can he win again? Is his career over? I personally do not think his career is over. I know everybody I've talked to has said his career is pretty much done. And I mean, I'm not mad at that take. When you look at everything he's been through, Tigers had like five back surgeries. He's had knee surgeries. Like, his body is broken down. But from what I've heard, like, or what I've read, this accident didn't really affect much of the back, the stuff that was going on with his back. So I think as long as his back holds up, he can still play golf. The leg injuries and all that, it's not like the NBA or the NFL where it might take two years to get back to what you need to be able to do on the court or the field. I think in golf, he can probably return from those injuries in a year or less. So with that, being said, I feel like Tiger can still make a return to golf. I don't know if he'll still be successful. I don't know if he'll still win. I know he had his eyes on the Masters this year. That's not happening, obviously. But I think he can still have a career. I don't think his career is over like everybody else is saying. I mean, everybody counted him out after the Islesworth when he crashed his car in Islesworth, which is in Orlando. Everybody said he was done after that. He came back. After all the back surgeries, they said he was done. He came back. He won the Masters in 2019. So I'm just never going to count Tiger out. and. Golf is a sport where you don't need a lot of, you don't need the athleticism. So this, the leg injuries and stuff, once those heal and he rehabs them, I feel like he can get back on the course. He's not going to need those like he would in football, like the ankle. You're not running and cutting. You're not jumping. So I don't feel like it's going to hurt him as much as everybody else thinks. The key question with Tiger is going to be the back. Also, what I'm more concerned about with Tiger Woods is like, this is his third crash that we know of. His third car crash. He had the Islesworth crash. Um, he had another one, I think, in Jupiter or something. I know he fell asleep one time. So he's had a lot of instances in the cars where he just had, I don't know if it's bad luck or bad judgment, but what I will say is I'm not sure if Tiger's a good driver at this point. And I'm not saying that in a joking manner. Maybe Tiger just needs to stop driving. Maybe he needs to get a, a valet. Maybe he needs somebody to drive his car for him. But I don't think Tiger needs to keep driving. First of all, you're a billionaire or close to a billionaire. Why are you driving so much? Why don't you have car service? Tiger shouldn't be driving this much. And if he is doing like painkillers and all that stuff that people say, you shouldn't be buying the wheel. You should have a driver. And I'm not saying he should be doing it, but at least he's taking himself out of harm's way. What, what I do know at this point, is I'm going to say, I don't think Tiger's a good driver. And I'm not talking about golf. I think Tiger 
needs to get a somebody to drive his car for him. He needs to stop trying to drive his car all the time. And if he has stuff going on, he needs to get that addressed. But I don't, I don't want to speculate too much on that. I don't know what Tiger has going on. I know he had the wild sex life back in the day where he was in Orlando running these streets. Speaking of a wild sex life, I want to talk about T.I. and Tiny. Totally forgot all about this. So T.I. and Tiny got into some drama a few weeks ago because a lady named Sabrina Peterson has accused them of pointing a gun at her. Um, She said they coerce women, they drug women, they sex, they're doing sex trafficking. These are all allegations and they kidnap. This is all alleged. This is her stuff. Now this is different than the Morgan Whalen or not Morgan Whalen. This is different than the um, Chris Wheeler where I I'm going to jump on Sabrina Peterson's side. I'm not going to do that because I need to see more evidence than you just saying it. And I know in the me too era, we all say, that, you know, we got to protect the women and especially black women. But I've just seen wild allegations over the years. So I'm just not ready to take her side on this. Not saying I'm taking T.I. and Tiny's side. I'm just saying I want to see this play out however it's going to play out. And I don't even think it's going to court because I don't think there's been any charges filed. I think this is all allegations, which is the biggest problem I have with a lot of these instances where we're trying to cancel somebody is we just throw allegations out. And want that to be the downfall of the person or take the person out without actually a court hearing or any type of evidence. She had some phone calls where she talked to women and like she posted DMS of women saying that this stuff happened, but then it was found out that some of these women were lying just to get attention or get seen. So I, I don't agree with the way that things have gone with this. I know their reality show, T.I. and Tiny's reality show, they they halted the production on it because of all this. I hate to see that happen because for one person to be able to just mess up everything like that in your life, if it's not true of the allegations, I don't like that. I don't like that you can just say something and it halts a whole production of a show. Now, what I did read was that T.I. and Tiny were in agreement with it. But I mean, do we really think they were in agreement or were they kind of forced? I'm going to say the latter. They were probably kind of forced into it. I'll keep y'all updated if more news comes out on that one because I'm very interested in that story. It's a lot of different allegations in there, a lot of things they're saying. Want to see how it all plays out. So I'll be I'll be monitoring that one. Same way I came back today with um the Tessica Brown. Gave y'all a little bit more on that. I will come back and talk more on these stories in the future if there's more to talk about. I want to talk about myself for a minute, though, because since we were talking about Tiny and T.I. and their wild sex life, because apparently, oh, yeah, I didn't get to this part of their story. Apparently, and T.I. did kind of allude to this in his, like, response video, they have women, they invite women into the bedroom. So they do a lot of threesomes, which, you know, T.I.'s been caught cheating in the past, and he's done some wild stuff. And who knows Tiny's cheat or not, but I guess the way that they have said we're cool with this is to allow other women in the bedroom. And that's kind of what's gotten them into all this trouble. But I thought that was interesting that they allow other women in the bedroom. And I always wondered, is that an open, I guess that's an open relationship or is that not open marriage or is that cheating? I guess it's not cheating if you're agreeing on it. But I always wondered about that. Like when you bring someone else into the bedroom, how different that is than you both 
having hall passes. I don't think I can watch my significant other have sex with someone else. I think that might be too much for me, but I wouldn't mind if they, like I said, I don't think I would mind if they did with someone else. Like I didn't know about it, but I don't know if I could watch. So that part, even if it's a woman, I know that would probably bother me more if it's a woman. Cause the woman's doing a better job than you. You're going to feel a certain way. Like she's moaning more for the woman than she is for you. But I wanted to mention that because it kind of brought me to my next topic, which is myself. Uh, I talked about the load management, talked about the vacation and everything else. But I was talking, you know, last week I was wilding a little bit, talking about how I might be ready to settle down. It might be coming to a close, everything. So I kind of want to get back on track this week, let everybody know. want to let y'all know what my current situation and my current status is. And my current status is I am F U F N. All right. Four letters F U F N. And for those of you who are wondering what F U F N means, it means I am fucking until further notice. That's right. I'm still single out here in these streets. And I just want to get that out the way. Now, it doesn't mean I'm out here fucking everything. I'm not having sex with every in anybody, but it just means I have the freedom to have sex if I want to. So I'm still F-U-F-N. If you ever hear me say that term, that means I am fucking until further notice. That further notice would be if I settle down with somebody. So for the time being, I am still single. Speaking of people who are going to be single, Kanye and Kim are getting a divorce. This was announced recently. Um, I don't know if we got to pour one out for Kanye and Kim. They were together for like seven years, I think. Married for seven years. So they're getting a divorce. Kim has filed for divorce. She did it on a Friday, too, which is pretty smooth because Friday's like the slow news day where everybody's getting ready for the weekend. You can kind of you can sneak out some some serious news on a Friday and it's not really going to hit as hard as it would on like a Saturday, a Sunday or Monday. So Kim was smart to get that news out on the Friday. Filing for divorce. I think it's a good thing for Kim. And Kanye was probably holding her down the last few years, holding her back. So she's getting back to where she used to be. She's probably going to be happier. Now, I don't think it's a good thing for Kanye. I've been worried about Kanye for quite some time, probably ever since his mother passed. So with Kim leaving him, I see that he still has, uh, they're going to have joint custody of the kids. So he'll still be able to see his kids. But Kanye, without that strong backbone, that is Kim Kardashian, which say what you want to say, Kim held him down. Kim was a strong backbone in that marriage. Kim supported him. Kim was the, the one who was the mature one in that marriage. Kim carried herself well. And Kanye was the one who just looked like a mess. So I can only imagine what he's going to look like without Kim. And that's what worries me. So I hope, hope I'm wrong on that. But they are headed towards a divorce. Uh, I want to keep them in my prayers, keep the kids in my prayers. Because one thing about divorce, man, it's always hard on kids. I don't think parents realize how much of an effect divorce has on a kid. So I hope the kids are able to kind of grow up and live a regular life still. And it doesn't affect them, but I'm kind of sad to see that go. I, I, I thought they were a good couple. I thought they would stay together forever, but you know, the way Kanye was acting in the last few years, I started to see that there were cracks and it might be an end coming soon. 
still kind of shocked that they announced it just because they always shot down the rumors in the past when there were divorce rumors. But this one is for real now. It's a wrap for Kanye and Kim. Like I said, praying for the kids, praying for Kanye, praying for his mental health, praying for Kim too, man. Because, you know, when you when you say I do, you think you're going to be with that person forever. So when it doesn't work out, I'm sure it hurts. I'm sure it hurts that to pick up the pieces and start all over again. And I just hope that they all can do it amicably. I hope there's no drama and I hope everybody's good. And from what I've been hearing, this is going to play out on the new season of Keeping It Up With The Kardashians, which apparently is their last season. I think they're moving to Hulu or something. They're, they're moving somewhere else. They're not going to be on E! anymore. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the clips of what happens. I don't know why I like reality TV so much, but I'm going to watch. And, oh, uh, one thing I wondered about this divorce is, will this help us get the old Kanye back? I think it's possible. Like Kanye, ever since he got married to Kim, I will say he hasn't been the same. So maybe this is like get out and he's going to go back to Kanye where he was on some like pro-black. Um, He wasn't wilding no more. Like, And when I say the old Kanye, I don't think people realize what Kanye used to be on, man, before before he got married to Kim. I don't know if it was the, the Kardashian-Jenner family changed him or not. But I just know, I know what I used to hear from Kanye. And um, it's not, I don't hear that anymore. That's that crack music, nigga. That real black music, nigga. This is the old Kanye. Ronald Reagan cooked up an answer. You hear that? What Gil Scott was hearing. When I hear Rosa Heron was gap clipped on heroin crack. Raised the murder rate in DC and Maryland. We invested in that. It's like we got Merrill Lynch. And we've been hanging from the same tree ever since. Sometimes I feel the music is the only medicine. So we cook it, cut it, measure it, bag it, sell it. The fiends. I don't know if we're going to get that Kanye back, but I will. Welcome that in a heartbeat because he was he was he was on that pro blackness back then. And I don't know. I haven't seen that from him in a long time. Speaking of pro blackness, shout out to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Kyrie Irving yesterday tweeted out a picture of the NBA logo, but it had Kobe Bryant on it. And he said, gotta happen. I don't care what anyone says. And he put this all in caps, this last part. Black Kings built the league. I agree with everything he said there. I wouldn't mind seeing Kobe as the logo for the NBA. I think that would be a great uh, way to pay respect to him. And you know me. I am a fan of Kyrie Irving. I know he gets a lot of heat in the media. I know a lot of people don't like it. But I like that he speaks his mind. I like that he's eloquent. I like that he has a way to explain himself. And I think a lot of people do not like Kyrie Irving. A lot of non-black people don't like him because he speaks so well. And his thoughts are well put together. And they don't like when a black person can kind of explain themselves in a good way, in a way that makes sense. They don't like, a lot of people don't like that. They don't like, you saw with Kaepernick when he kneeled and they're like, why are you kneeling? And he came with that long, but 
well thought of answer, people hated it. They thought he was gonna, not going to be able to speak. And they, they expect us not to like be able to talk right and have good put sentences together. So whenever we speak with some sense, I feel like we're a threat to people. We're a threat to, to white people. And I think that's part of the reason that Kyrie is hated. Now, his thoughts are a little out there with some stuff, but I think he he explains himself very well. He tells you why he feels how he feels, and what more can you ask for from an athlete than to just explain themselves and tell you why they feel a certain way and doing it, do it in a good way. And Kyrie always does that. Whether you agree with him or not, Kyrie's going to explain to you why he feels a way, and he's going to say it in a way that's not like, you're not going to think he's dumb the way he talks. Now, you might think his idea is dumb or what he believes is dumb, but if you ever hear Kyrie Irving talk, you can never say he's dumb from the way he speaks because Kyrie speaks probably, I'm going to say he's a very exceptional speaker. I'm not even going to say for an athlete, just as a person. Like He is a very, very exceptional speaker, and he's someone who when they speak, you always, I always want to hear what he has to say, so. When he said this about the logo, I was with him on it. Black people built the NBA. We've seen how, you know, they've made, they've gotten rich off of us. So why not do something to honor a black person, somebody who's no longer with us, and make him the face of the league, put his, you know, silhouette as the logo, the same way they did with Jerry, Jerry West, who is the silhouette, his silhouette is the logo now. I think Kobe should be the new logo of the NBA. Uh, I know people said it could be Jordan, but Jordan has his own like brand. Jordan has his own little Jumpman logo. He don't need another logo. Kobe should be the logo for this one. I'm going to end with one more topic that's NBA related before I get out of here. LaMelo Ball. I cannot stop watching LaMelo Ball highlights. He is probably outside of the Blazer, any Blazer player. LaMelo's probably my favorite player to watch in the NBA right now. He's the one... When I see highlights of him on YouTube, I have to go watch because he's so fun to watch. And we have to give Michael Jordan his props on not only drafting LaMelo Ball, but also on signing Gordon Hayward. I killed that deal when it first happened. That deal looks great now. Signing Terry Rozier for probably half of what you would have got for um, to keep Kemba Walker. That was a great deal. And um, I think what drafting Devontae Graham or wherever they got him from, that was good. Now, Malik Monk, that still looks a little rough, but LaMelo Ball is making them forget all about Malik Monk. And dare I say, LaMelo Ball has made Charlotte cool. He's made the Hornets a cool team to watch, a fun team to watch. I think we all pay attention to Charlotte more now because of him. I think he's a star in the making. He has a lot of Magic Johnson in his game. I don't know if his passing is Magic level. It's up there. But attacking the hoop, he looks good attacking the hoop. His three balls better than Magic's. Man, LaMelo Ball, if you haven't watched him play yet or any of his highlights, I would I would suggest you go on YouTube and watch because his passing alone is, is worth the price of admission. And I see a lot of Magic Johnson in him. And if he can get anywhere close to what Magic Johnson was or halfway to what Magic Johnson was, his future is bright. But LaMelo's my favorite, my favorite player to watch right now outside of any blazer. And Charlotte definitely got it right with that pick. And after years of messing up picks, you know, they had Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Adam Morrison. Like, they've had some bad picks in the past. So this this is something they that was well-deserved, much needed for that team, for that city. And 
I don't think Charlotte has been popping like this from a basketball standpoint since um, Grandma Ma days, since Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues. I don't think Charlotte has been cool like this since my brother and me, you know, Alfie and Dee. you know, when they lived in Charlotte, they had Kendall Gill on that episode. That's a classic show from Nickelodeon if you don't know about it, but that's the time, last time I can remember Charlotte really being relevant and being cool was the 90s. So I think LaMelo Ball has been godsend for them. Like he's going to make that team really good. And if they can put some more pieces around him, they're going to be, they're going to be a problem pretty soon. Cause right now they're doing it with Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo in the, in the down low at the five. So if they can get themselves a really good center, a good big man. I don't even think they have a power forward. I think they, they use PJ Washington as their power forward. who's undersized for that. But LaMelo, when he throws it to, um, I think his name's Macau Bridges. There's two of them. Miles Bridges, one of them Bridges, not Todd Bridges. But when he throws it to the, the Bridges guy and they always have the alley-oop dunks, man, so exciting. But I'm about to wrap this show up. I'm going to go watch um, PBS. They have the show called, they had this little special called The Black Church. My mom watched it on TV a couple weeks ago. She told me it was really good. I saw that PBS has it on their YouTube channel. So I'm going to go watch. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. I'll let y'all know what I think about it. I encourage everybody to check it out, though. It's, I mean, it's Black History Month. I'm somebody who was raised in a black church, who went to a black church for most of my life. So I'm very interested to see what they talk about there. If you guys are familiar with the black church, it's, you know, it's nothing like going to a black church, first and foremost. The choir, it's a show. It's a show. It's fun. Um, the preaching can be a bit long. Like you might have to sit through a two hour sermon, but I would tell everybody to at least go experience a black church at least once in their life when the pandemic's over, of course, because I don't know what the current church situation is, but when you get a chance, go experience a black church and watch this, um, watch this special on the PBS YouTube page called the black church. I am going to end this episode with some, Arrested Development. Yeah, because like I said, I'm doing a lot of, I'm trying to do some Black History stuff for you. I want to get one more episode out before the end of Black History Month, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll do that, but even if I don't, I'm going to continue with some pro-blackness on these episodes because I know we need it. This is Arrested Development, United Front. This is Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence, and I will see y'all later.
has been brought to you by WMFW, which means we must fight and win FM. Stay tuned for more music coming at you. All right.